Quick recap from last week. Those of you who weren't here, take fast notes. Those of you who were here, try to remember, oh yeah, we remember those. We know God's in control. God has a plan and a purpose. He's with us. He loves us. And he plays the long game. It's not a 30-minute TV show where everything resolves at the end, but it goes on and on and on over centuries or millennia. And we don't know God's timing, the what, and we also don't really know the why. Remember we talked about how you know, God is like, he's the master chess player, and he's playing 14-dimensional 14, 14 chess, and we can't even get our brains around what that means. And we're just this one small piece, and, and we're confused because he moves us from here to here, but yet we don't see the whole grand. That's what it's like with God. His ways are so far beyond what we can even picture. And these are things we don't know, but there are several things we do know that can be very encouraging to us. All right, next slide. Look closely. Uh, what is it? All right, how many of you first saw the woman's face? First saw the man playing the saxophone? Wow. All right, some of you see all sorts of things. Some of you only see one thing so far. You see both. All right, good. We have a volunteer. No, no we, don't, we don't need you. That's right. Maybe later. All right, so purpose, you have a different perspective, and, and you see different things up there. All right, go to the next slide, Bryce. Take a different perspective on these things. Think, I'm not way down here. I'm way up here. Everything is going great. But how many of these things still apply to how I should respond in that situation? Any of them? That's a question, usually followed by an answer. All right, any of these apply when we're up on top of the mountain? Which ones? All of them. Well, they're all still true that either things we know or things we don't know. Uh, the first one, absolutely, God is in control. He's the one who did this. It wasn't necessarily us. We're the puzzle, piece of the chess game that he is moving pieces around the board. What we want to do tonight is focus our thoughts around the highs, and what does the Bible have to say to us when that's where we are? All right, so we've got, I know last week that higher math I know was a struggle for some of you. I know some of you took the ACT recently. If you're like, no, no more math. It's going to be really simple. Tonight we have two things we know and one thing we don't know. What does that add up to? Five. Okay, we have someone from Miller North here once again. Good. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, no, wait, no, wait. He, he probably doesn't go to Miller North. My children do, okay? I have blue clothes I wear every once in a while. So anyway, I can make jokes about Miller North. Um, anyway, moving on. Two things that we know. The first one, and this is to those people who feel like everything's just rocking. I'm ruler of a country right now. What's the first thing we know, Bryce? First thing we know is we need to be a little more descriptive. Here it is. It is not all about, okay? Think about it. If, if things are going well, some of you who are seniors and you've been great in school, um, there's just lots of great things. Understand it's not all about you. This verse, in, 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 and actually, we'll think about Joseph. It was all about, if it was all about Joseph, when his brother he was, he might have responded in a much different way because it's like, oh, here's my opportunity, you know? If it was all about him and what he wanted, how might have he responded compared to how he did respond? 
might have had some revenge. Wants a little self-satisfaction. You know, he could sell a few of them. He could put them all in prison. He could do whatever he wanted to. But yet, that wasn't his objective. You know, he, he was looking for, you know, how could he continue to be used as part of God's plan? And, and so it wasn't all about him and what he wanted. It was, part about, it was all about what God wanted. So in this case, <clears throat> look at what the story from Luke Luke's disciple, or excuse me, Jesus' disciples are talking to one another, they're arguing about which of them is greatest. But Jesus, he, he does this thing, he does constantly, he turns everything on his head in terms of the way we con- typically think of things. And he said, whoever's greatest is least, and whoever's least is greatest. Well, when everything's going well for us, and I don't mean going well in terms of we don't really have any struggles, but you know, some, some of us in this room are really highly accomplished. And that can start to affect our perspective of people around us who maybe aren't as accomplished. That's really, really important for us to think about when things are going well, when we're like, hey, everything's good. I'm at the top of my game. Greatest are the least, and the least are the greatest. Jesus also said in uh, Luke 20, we don't have this up there, he was t- some of the religious leaders that existed there in, in that culture. And, and he said, beware of the teachers of the religious law. For they parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk around in the marketplaces. How they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head tables at banquets. Yet, this is key, they shamelessly out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. So here's people where they are, they're like leaders in the religious community back then, looked up to by a lot of people, but yet they were using that for themselves. You know, they wanted those places of honor, they wanted to be... Uh, respected, feared maybe, but yet they use that for their own purposes then and to treat people poorly. So those are some things that Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 20. Continuing on this idea that it's not all about you, you guys know about Paul. Paul wrote most of the books in the New Testament. and the book of Philippians, he, he lists out at one point a whole bunch of his achievements and, and basically his pedigree, both his religious and his um, you know, his, his heritage as a Jew. And, and he was like the top of the top in terms of doing all the things that would give him great qualities. And, and some of you might think the same thing as far as, um, you know, to get where you are with your certain sport. You went to the right camps, you had the right coach, you made this team, you did this club team, or you did this select team, and now you're your game. So that might be what you think. And, and what does Paul say, though, when he gets down to the end of this? He says, I think about all of these things that were valuable, and I realized... They're really garbage. They're worthless. You know, they, they don't give me significance. You know, and it's not something that I did. It's something more that God did for me. Remember laughed about, uh, we looked at a couple passages of Scripture where God was a potter and people were what? Clay. Okay, we were lumps of clay. And, and God is the one who molded those. And, and last week when we were looking at the lows, we talked about how potter why did you make me this way? You know, you're doing it wrong. I should be, I should be something beautiful, and I should do this, and I have that. You know, who are you to tell the potter that? Because the potter is the one who's really in control. Well, similarly, this is the way Paul was thinking, God equipped him in, in remarkable ways, but yet he wasn't using that to say, hey, so look at me. He's like, this is, this is something God did. It's not about me. And as a result, it's, it's worthless, Worthless compared to some other things that were much more important to him. So those are from words from Paul, his view of his achievements, uh, things that he might 
you know, um, you know, use as a, a reason for, you know, for popularity or, or for status that he would have within his community. And, and here's my thought about all this. Those things aren't bad. The fact that many of us in this room have accomplished great things, we have great abilities, but in and of themselves, they're worthless. The, the point is, what do we do with them? What's, someone asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? What was his answer? Okay, love, love the Lord your God, and what's the second greatest commandment? What? Love your neighbors as yourself. It's okay, love God and love others. So whatever you consider to be your greatest skill, ability, achievement, whatever you do, whatever that is, think of, think, everybody think of something. How are you using that to enable you to either love God or love others? Or are you using it just for the opposite? It's like, man, I am so good at forensics or I'm so good at this. I don't need God and I can sort of treat people however I want. Those are just tools that are given to us to accomplish God's purposes. And his, his commands, greatest command, love God, love others. So how are we going to use those in order to do that? Joseph had great power in his position. He could have used that for himself, but he used it to show love to, God, to his family and basically their, their whole nation and, and to do the things that God had called him to do. So that's one of the things that we know. We know it is not all about you. You with, you with me so far? Okay, next slide. You are not all about it. Luke 12 has a verse in it that says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Like, wow, that's interesting. If you think about the way we live or some of us live or the way we can think, we up in that. Actually, this passage in, 12, in Luke 12 starts with Jesus saying, beware, guard against every kind of greed. So, so think of greed not as just wanting possessions or not wanting money, but wanting something, whatever it is, that you think is going to you know, make you more significant. Just got x on my act if i just got this what's that 36 all right some people in this room have got a 36 on the act does it mean that does that define them as a person i hope not okay um you know some of us have gotten a 12 on does that define me as excuse me does that define us as a person no we hope not what am i going to do with that if, if you you know, add up my, my 8, my 12, and then whatever the last one was, you know, those three times I took it. Because um, it's cumulative. At least it was back in the old days. Not really. Not, not, not really. I'm just joking. So anyway, performance doesn't define who we are. Whether it's accumulating stuff, whether it's making a certain team, whether it's being the most popular person, whether it's being part of the right friend group, don't let that define you. You are not all about it. Jeremiah 3 and 24 says, don't let the wise man boast about his wisdom. Don't let the powerful boast about their power or the rich boast about their riches. There's a song that goes along with this. Some of you are, are running through your heads right now. 
says, but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and that I am the Lord and I count all things but loss. That starts to get at if, if we are not all about it, whatever those achievements or accolades are, that help us when we're up on the highs, that cause us to be there. If we're not all about that, what are we all about? Well, it talks about, you know, these things don't, don't boast in that. Boast in the fact that you know and understand God. And that leads to, and we're not going to look at this passage, but Ephesians 1 is a chapter in the New Testament that tells us so much about who we are as God's children and the blessings that God has heaped on us as a result of that. And it's interesting to think about what's it, getting, you know, whatever it might be in, in our, our teenage lives or being a child of God and the eternal life that comes with that and all the blessings that come from that. But yet this is so easy for us to get focused on and this is so easy for us to lose focus on. The highs are not all about. That's point number two. So, next slide. <clears throat> so now let's go to, this should actually say the thing that we don't know, sort of. Uh, one more, Bryce. Um, but let's do a quick recap. Remember these things that we don't know? Remember when you're up high on the top of the mountain, whatever it is, we don't know, we don't know the what and we don't know the why. Okay? We don't know why God has us there because we don't know what's coming down the road and we don't know how long we're going to be there either. And, and let's think about that as we move forward. This is the one thing that we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So in, in Luke 12, and, and Jesus had a lot of great things to say in Luke in terms of how we respond to situations and people and all that. But in this, this same passage where he said, you know, life isn't measured by how much you own, he's actually telling a story about this man who, he was a farmer, and just everything went well for him. He had more grain than he knew what to do with. He's like, I know, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. Well, and God comes and says, you fool, this very night, your life is going to be required of you. And who's going to get your money then? So here he was. He was, he was on top of things, planning for the future, not knowing that it could all go away like that. Psalms tells him over and over. Write down Psalms if you haven't done that under this point. Trust in God. Don't trust in things that can change. There's so many things that we can put our trust in that can change. It might be our friends. It might be our family. Um, those of us who have children might be our children. It might be your health change. And if we place our, our trust, our, our feelings of, hey, I'm on top of the world on those things, the Bible teaches us that we don't know what tomorrow holds and it could all be gone. Life can change in an, what's the answer? Instant. Life can change in an instant. Think about this. Remember Hurricane Katrina? <clears throat> Thousands of homes got flooded, ruined. And yet, just a month prior to that, people had purchased some of those homes, and they were so excited. Hey, we saved up. We finally got our new home. They were so excited about it. Boom, it's gone. Or it's there, but it's problematic. Joseph, he ended up in prison, but yet that morning he was sort of running things in his, in his master's house. He did the right thing, but yet he ended up in prison. Things changed in an instant. Uh, Brad mentioned that our, our second daughter goes to Northwestern College in Orange City. 
Um, there's, there was a girl up there a few years ago. I think she was a freshman. One night, her entire family got killed in a car accident. Boom. Her, her, she had two siblings. Life can change in an instant. And if, if we're hanging our hat on all these things that have sort of made us feel like, hey, life is going great, we're in a pretty tough spot, a fragile spot, because those things are going to change. So, we don't want, know what tomorrow holds, but we do know a whole bunch of things that we looked at last week and this week. Let's go forward once more. Bryce, we know God's in control. When we're up, when we're down, we know God is in control. He has a plan and a purpose. He's working He's using people around us as his instruments to help shape us and, and guide us to where he wants us to be. Um, but he plays the long game. Remember, he loves us. But then also know we don't really understand all his plan and what he's doing, but our trust should be in him, not in those things that are temporal that are around here. Now, there's a, um, there's a verse in John that says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I supposed that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Like, how does that relate to this? Here's how it relates. So many other things that the Bible tells us we either know or we don't know. So many other things that it tells us that can be helpful to us when we're going through lows or when we're going through highs. And just like... Jesus did far more things that could be recorded in all the books. There's far more things in the Bible than we could do in a year of oasis. My challenge to you tonight is to think about how could you learn more of those things that the Bible holds for us, whether it's in the story of Joseph, the story of other people in the Bible, or whether some of the teaching that we have throughout the New Testament from Jesus, Paul, and others. Think about how can I do that now so I'm equipped now for those things that are coming further. The, the main point of this whole long, long series, two, day, two weeks, was not, hey, let's think about Joseph and learn from his life. The point is, God's word has a lot to teach us that will equip us for how we can respond to things in the future.